Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters in person, Craig calling in. And the three of us have just had chaotic mornings, but we are here to talk about the NHL. We put all of the chaos aside to come together this morning. <laughs> and then and talk chaos more. That's all yeah, we do. more chaos. Let's talk playoff chaos, arena chaos, coyote chaos. Never ends. It absolutely doesn't. And Ever entire end. chaos, apparently. Yeah. Can we talk about that real brief? Our morning's just brief because I know people don't give a shit. But as I was driving here on the freeway and the tire light goes off, do people panic or is that not it's is that just oh it's no big deal i'll check it later or is it oh no i better check it or i'm gonna have a flat tire like what is the appropriate response okay so it turning on in the middle of driving is cause for concern okay if you get in your car in the morning and it's like that it's fine because sometimes your tire pressure just drops with temperature because it's cold okay so i had an appropriate response and i I know it's hard to believe i have anxiety as we know that if you listen so my tire light came on on the freeway i I get a little excited. Yeah. <laughs> so I am hoping when this show is over, I can get to the parking garage and have a car that has four tires that are full of air. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for listening. That was your clearing. I haven't clearing. done clearings in a while. Yep, got it out. All right. Well, let's talk about the chaos that is the playoff race. And we'll start in the West. Colorado has clinched a playoff spot. Calgary, Minnesota, and St. Louis are locks. But the race at the bottom with Dallas and Nashville and L.A. and Vegas is really heating up. Last night, Vegas lost in extra time. Dallas won. So now there is a three-point difference between Dallas and Vegas. And that's not a position Vegas wants to be in. The benefit for Vegas is they are in the Pacific Division and try and catch L.A. What do you guys think is going to happen here? I, I mean, I the that point helped Vegas a little bit. I mean, it, it but they're they're in trouble. I mean, if you look at all the models out there right now, like for for instance, the athletics model has the chances of Vegas making the playoffs. Oof, at forty seven percent now. So, so wait, I, I will. I'll say it's three teams. I'm going to say it's Dallas, L.A., Vegas. 
Okay, well, it's just for argument's sake, let's say it's those three teams. So I spent some time looking at their schedules. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Stars, who are currently holding the second wild card, are a very good home team. They finished with their last four games at home playing. And get this. These are the Dallas Stars opponents, their last four. The Seattle Kraken. Not sure if you've seen, but they're not. They're not at the top of the standings. They play Vegas head to head. That is the decider. If they can win that game outright, that's a four-point swing. Then they close with the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks. So three of their last four, Seattle, Arizona, Anaheim, and Vegas head-to-head. If they win the Vegas head-to-head game, they're in. So let's go to last nine. Six of their last nine. They have a great schedule. Great schedule. And they play well at home. And then you go to, to L.A., the other team that could be dethroned by potentially Vegas. Look at their ending. From now, they play Columbus out of the playoffs, Anaheim out of the playoffs, Chicago out of the playoffs, Anaheim out of the playoffs, Seattle out of the playoffs, Vancouver out of the playoffs. That's it. They have six games all out of the playoffs. That schedule doesn't look too bad to me either. Vegas at Calgary at Edmonton. Tough. Jersey at home. Washington. Tough. San Jose, that could be a win. Dallas head-to-head. Chicago on the road, and they finish with St. Louis. I, I... I keep thinking Vegas is going to surprise us, get all their guys healthy and come back and win. I keep saying that, oh, Vegas is going to be a powerhouse and a threat to win the cup. I don't know if they make the playoffs. I Under these models, Craig, I agree. I don't think Vegas gets in. Yeah, and, and they got Mark Stone back last night, so they're almost healthy. Uh, Riley Smith, they put on LTIR to make room so he could come back conceivably for the playoffs, but will there be playoffs? Right now, again, that same model that I'm talking about, Dom Lashushin's, the chances of the Kings missing the playoffs, missing 30%. The chances of the Predators and Stars missing in this model, 9%. Yeah. Hmm. Dom's got those teams in. Vegas wow. is in trouble. So he's got a race between Vegas and L.A. Yeah. Wow. And the one downside for L.A. is that Drew Doughty is now out for the rest of the season. So huge, that's, huge. that's a bummer for them, for sure. Because even if L.A. does get in, you can't, you know, you don't, can't foresee them making a, a deep run this year. I think they'll be back in future years, but I don't know. But it'll be really interesting to see. And maybe it's finally time for Vegas fans to feel the suffering. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, Coyotes fans in the duel in the desert that they used to have in the same division, I think Coyotes fans might be okay with Vegas missing the playoffs. I think they'll be okay with it. Yeah. Just to, uh, just to finish this off, I knew we, we had talked about Vancouver and Winnipeg needing miracles. Dom has the Jets 100% missing the playoffs and Vancouver 95% that yeah. don't miss the playoffs. So they needed to win last night in regulation. Yeah. That one point they can't that point is huge. They play they actually play Vegas one more time. Um so I guess conceivably mathematically I, I there's a lot of things that have to happen for Vancouver to get in. Not only do they need to get over Vegas, now they still have to hop over L.A. or Dallas or Nashville, and I don't think that's likely. Yeah. Yeah, the West playoff picture is really shaping up to be interesting, so we'll keep tabs on that. Meanwhile, in the East, eight teams in the Eastern Conference are on pace for a 100-plus point season, which Craig found out has never happened before. The most is seven teams, which the Western Conference achieved twice during the 06-07 and 09-10 season. The East... We've known for a long time, but the way the matchups are shaking out has been changing. So what do you guys think is going to happen in the East? Because 
right now, Boston and Washington are in those wild card spots. You go first, Petey. I have thoughts. You do have thoughts. I tell you what, the better hockey teams overall in the National Hockey League right now all reside in the Eastern Conference. Aside from the Colorado Avalanche uh, and Calgary Flames in the West, the East, honestly, is absolutely wide open. I'm trying to handicap it, and I know we'll do it in, in the next week or so. We actually really dive into it. The Boston Bruins are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. So can they... Can they move on in the Atlantic and overtake Tampa? And then Tampa's a wild card? Gosh, I I, I don't know. Like the, the and even wanted to say Carolina. Well, Carolina's running away with it. They're going to be the Metropolitan Champions. Whoa, wait a minute. Now the Rangers have over 100 points right now. So and, even that's tight. Washington up. is only three points behind Pittsburgh, even. And red hot. Yep. They could overtake Pittsburgh. Yes. It's yeah, so is is it, and that goes back to what we said about the competition between the East and the West, because Washington has to go and play Vegas. Those two points are incredibly valuable to Washington. Like a home ice is at stake. It's do you want to open up against the Florida Panthers on the road? Probably not. So I think these Eastern teams, these games are incredibly important for these teams down the stretch, and I think that that's going to cause problems for the teams in the West, like Vegas. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I Tampa Bay last night loses in Dallas and Tampa Bay did not look good. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay has been this last 10 games. Tampa Bay is five, three and two. That's not Tampa Bay hockey. No, I don't know if they're hitting their stride right now, or they're just waiting and hoping the day the playoff starts that they can hit the ground running um, because of their experience. And here's the team we are and Vasilevsky is going to be great. I don't know. So you look at that first matchup. If they start today, it's in Toronto. Toronto, Tampa Bay Lightning in Toronto. <sighs> if you're Toronto, do you want to face Tampa or do you want to face Boston? I don't think they like either matchup. Boston's banged up right now, right? On their blue line. I, so I don't know what their health is going to look like. They have that's... a history of losing yeah, to Boston in the I mean, first they had, they had the lead in game seven and... <laughs> on their way to the next round and clearly that didn't happen. So uh, I think they, I don't know. Can they play the coyotes in the first round? Is that an option? <laughs> no, no. Coyotes so I, are good against the Leafs. I know exactly. Everybody still <laughs> Buffalo. I know. Shit. The Buffalo Sabres might sweep them. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that series Toronto, Tampa or Toronto, Boston phenomenal series. I think it goes back to, to win a Stanley Cup playoffs, unless you are extremely dominating team. Like, I mean, we're talking Detroit Red Wings with the Russians or Colorado when they had uh, Sakic and Forsberg. Dominating teams, you need to have good goaltending. You don't need great goaltending if you have a really, really, really dominant team. But if you don't have a dominant team, you need great goaltending. And Toronto just hasn't shown that. And I, I don't know if they can make a long playoff run with the goaltending they're getting right now. So, two teams in the East. The question is, if you had to pick two teams in the East, do you feel confident saying are not contenders for the Cup? Who would they be? So Not contenders. For the reason I just mentioned, it's Toronto and Washington. And I think Washington is hot right now. They've got offense. Their power play is a threat every time they're on the ice. Ovechkin can score from anywhere inside the blue lines. I just worry about both of those teams, Washington in particular, who's juggled number one goalies for the entire season that they haven't been able to, between Samsonov and Vanacek, come up with a guy that can carry the mail and 
Toronto, good grief, Shalgren's still playing, trying to get this team in, in a playoff position. So those <laughs> yeah. are the two teams that I think could have the shortest runs, and it would come down to goaltending. So uh, by that same token, I'm throwing a third team in the mix, and I think this will surprise people given the season that Igor Shosturkin has had. But I don't think the Rangers are a very good team. I think they are buoyed mm. solely by an incredible goaltending season from Igor Shosturkin, who probably will get some love for the Hart Trophy, but not not probably win it because he hasn't played enough games. And that's that's the standard by which goalies have been measured in the past. Maybe not, not even fair now because you just don't find the goalies that play you know, 60, 70 games anymore with all that we know about load management. But there's an argument to be made that you should have to play that many to win the MVP. But I don't think the Rangers are a very good team. And I don't know that Igor Shesterkin can sustain this for three rounds, especially in that conference where every team you face is elite. I, I We've seen this before where a hot goalie can carry a team for a little while. They don't carry him to the cup. By and large, they don't carry him to the cup. So I, I have a hard time believing he's going to be able to sustain that level of play, especially when you're in a series, a team can dive down into the scouting on you. They can figure out a way to win the series. So I'm I'm counting the Rangers out too. That's a good argument. Yeah, I mean, they picked up Vitrano and Cop at the trade deadline and you need that bottom tier, that, that the secondary scoring to get you over the top. We've seen that in Tampa. I liked those additions. I think there are better teams in the East. And, and and I think I like the Rangers. If they could play on the power play for the entire game, I would like their chances. I think Kreider and Panarin on the power play are, are extremely dangerous. Kreider's get 50. 50. Um, yeah, uh, they'll have to outscore their opponents. I mean, they're going to have to, they, they're going to be, I mean, we're talking five, four, six, five games for the Rangers to be able to win. Uh, and I don't know if they can put up those numbers. I, Ah, when Shesterkin's good, though, he's good. Like, when he's good, he's friggin' phenomenal. We'll see. I, I don't know if I'm ready to write him off yet, Craig. Here's another thing. If you believe in the possession stats that, that are out there, and I know there are flaws in all analytics, but if you believe in the existing uh, analytics that are out there that measure possession, let me tell you the teams that rank below the Rangers in terms of possession stats. The Detroit Red Wings, the Montreal Canadiens, Philadelphia Flyers, the New York Islanders, Chicago Blackhawks, San Jose Sharks, and the Arizona Coyotes. What do all those teams have in common? They're not, not playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah. That might be it right there, Craig. Look at you digging back deep. It, leave it to Craig to back up his arguments with actual statistics. With a, what are you doing? Actual, <laughs> actual facts? <laughs> We're supposed to do homework for this? God damn it. <laughs> Again, uh, these are not infallible numbers, right? But no. it gives a, a little clearer picture of who they are as a team. And they are, they're not a great possession team. Well, speaking of the playoffs and while we're, this is what we're talking about right now, because it's April and things are heating up. Craig, you mentioned a piece in the athletic that you've debated before. Can you explain what that piece is arguing and, yeah. and we can argue it? It's it's Sean McIndoe with The Athletic. Uh, I think most people on Twitter know him as Down Goes Brown. Um, we've debated this before on the Natty Hattie, but it's an always it's always an interesting topic whether the NHL's point system is awarded the way it should be. In other words, you get a point for losing a game. 
Um, there, there are some people that feel that they should go to the three, two, one format where you get a three points for a win in regulation, two for a win in overtime or shootout and one for a loss in overtime or shootout. Some people don't think you should get anything for a loss, but then there's also the reality that because the NHL goes to a five minute overtime and then a shootout, cause it doesn't want its players playing into eternity in regular season games and exhausting themselves it's not real hockey. It's more like a gimmick. It's so it's not fair to take a, a point away from a team that in the old system with ties would have earned a point. So there it all is. So what are your thoughts on all this? I honestly, I I'm part of, it's been this way for so long, getting the extra point and you go, Oh yay, My team made it. We're holding on. You want that extra point, but I'm, I watch other sports. I don't want to see a baseball game. Keep playing. Keep playing. I don't care if you put a runner at second base. Keep playing until somebody wins. Football, keep playing. So, yeah, you lose, you lose. I'm sorry. You lose, you lose. If you are going to adopt that point, the only model that I would find acceptable is the 3-2-1. Then I can go, okay, it's a three-point game. You're dividing up points because you weren't able to win that game in regulation. You were penalized one point. Okay, I can live with that model. The loser point, just to be, create more points in the league? We, I, I don't know. I, 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 especially when it comes to the shootout, like it's a skills competition. It's the all-star game. Why would you get a point for that? We, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm make it three, two, one, Craig. Yeah. I, that, I'm sort of on board with that same thing. Actually, PD, I like the idea of three, two, one, because you got to find a way to mitigate the impact of the loser points. I'm troubled. And Sean mentioned this in his column by, teams that, you know, like lose 15 games in, in extra time, they have fewer wins than a team that they potentially beat out for a playoff spot. That bothers me. I think wins should matter more. So I, I still like the 3-2-1 format the best. I don't hate it in the words of us three yeah. saying things all the time. I don't hate it. Um, I agree with the sentiment, but also I feel like I'm so used to the point system now. Like that's just how it's been for as long as I can remember that I'm just yeah that it's okay it. that's just it is what the, the NHL is to me yeah I get but, that too. I mean that doesn't mean it's a good thing I just I haven't no, spent I enough time fretting about this I guess Sean raises a good point too with with the loser point it's a way of teams inflating the success that they've had in a season when you just look at wins and losses there are a bunch of teams that can say we're over five hundred but they've lost more games than they've won. So it's a way for, as he yeah, put it, right. GMs to say, look at, look at, we finished over 500. They, we didn't have that good a schedule. And it's the GMs who are going to vote to change this if anyone does. So you can, you can kind of figure out where that's going to go. Um, but at the same time, I go back to the idea that overtime or shootout hockey is not real hockey anyway. So maybe those GMs have an argument to say, Hey, we got it to extra time. In the old system, that would have been a point for us. It would have been a tie. So why are we being punished for, you know, just trying to decide this game and give people what they want, a winner and a loser in every game? Yeah, and, and under that scenario, you're right. You're you're letting a skills competition, similar to an all-star game, dictating completely two points. I guess if you're going to make it two or zero, you're playing baseball. You're playing until somebody wins. Um, or you set a time limit. It's a 10-minute, and you each get one. But there is no more three on three and there is no more shootout if you're going to a two and zero or a one and one. If it's a tie like football, you can end in a tie. Then it has to be continuing to play the exact same game that you played to that point. So eliminate 
the circus, the three on three and the shootout, make it a five or 10 minute. And then, then I'm okay with two and zero because it's the same game under the same circumstances and under the same rules. Now it's two or zero. And if it ends in a tie after 10, it's one, one. Okay. So you just go one, one, you'd go back to a tie. Correct. America's have such an aversion to ties. It's ties. fun, isn't it? it? Like, but you see it in soccer all the time. Like nobody cares. Like a team could be like five, five and 15, have 15 yeah. draws. And everybody's like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally different mindset. It's weird. I know it is. Why we hate ties so much. We we have to have yeah. a winner and loser. We have to have a winner. We can't have everybody go home happy. That's no. funny to think about. Or, or just media, mediocre, you know. <laughs> While we're restructuring everything, let's talk about something that we brought up last night on the post game show, which is the playoff format and what it would look like for the NHL to adopt the NBA's playoff format with the play in round. And we talked about why it would be good, but also why it wouldn't be good. So let's dive more into that. And PD, you were the one who brought it up. So what are your thoughts on playing? Okay, Leah, this does not apply to you because you're too young. When Craig and I were kids, when we were little, do you know how many baseball teams made the playoffs? When I was Four. your age. Four. Four. <laughs> like, you won your division and you made the playoffs. If you didn't win your division, you didn't make the playoffs. That was it. Nobody complained. Nobody cried. You won the division. You won the pennant. You're in the playoffs. But now baseball teams, they had to expand. They got You play 162 games to make the playoffs and play one game on an afternoon, and you're out of the playoffs. Ludicrous. They should play two out of three. But you have 12 teams now out of 30. 12 out of 30 make, make the baseball playoffs. Everybody seems fine with that. Now you've got basketball has 20 teams out of 30 get to play postseason basketball it might again it might only be one game but 20 out of 30 two-thirds of the teams make the playoffs so i'm struggling to find the relevance of the regular season so for me hockey right now has 16 teams out of 32 exactly exactly i didn't pronounce that right exactly half to me that's enough that's it half you're either in for you play 82 games you're in the top half or you're not in the top half and if you're not and, some, and something Craig had written in his story about this at gophnext.com was there's just rarely upsets in the NBA also. So all of those teams who are getting in the playoffs by the play, the play in games are often getting eliminated in that first round. So it's just no fun. Yeah, and I said in this scenario Craig right eliminated. now, the Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets have 74 points. Under the NBA model, at 74 points, they would get an opportunity to play in when the two wildcard teams have 95 and 92 points. Boston Bruins have 21 more points than the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, how in the hell should they all be allowed to play in extra time yeah. or once the season? I, I don't think the model works unless, Craig said before, there's some kind of caveat. If you're not within 10 points of the second wildcard team, you're not in. But we can't do that. Either you're in or you're not. Craig, is he kidding that he's muted again? <laughs> we just told him he was muted. I think uh, 10 points is even too big a split. Uh, that, I think that's too dramatic. Like if you're 10 points behind someone, you, no, you, you didn't earn it. You, you got to be closer than that. I don't know what that number is. Maybe it's five or six. So I, I definitely think that should be part of the thinking. If you're not that close, sorry, you don't get to compete in the, in the play-in. Um, Leah, you mentioned that earlier about, about the NBA, the difference between the NBA and the NHL. Um, I know I had this stat in here somewhere about higher seeds actually doing something in the NBA playoffs. Since 1947, only two seeds lower than number three in a conference have won an NBA title. 
1969 Boston Celtics, and the 1995 Houston Rockets. We can name a bunch of those in the yeah. NHL, yeah. including the team that knocked the Coyotes out of the 2012 that gets in the last day of the season and ends up winning the cup. So this is a simple matter of numbers in the NHL versus the NBA. The NBA has five guys on a court, maybe seven or eight that really impact a game. The NHL has four lines, at least two D pairs uh, in the playoffs, maybe a fifth guy. You've got a goaltender. There's a lot more variables at play, so you can have more upsets in the NHL. Um, that's why I, I think it, it's more interesting, more exciting in the NHL than it is in the NBA. It's a money grab, but I will go back to that as my final point. How do most of these decisions usually get made? What's the driving force behind most of these decisions? It's money. If the NHL were to do this, this would be more playoff revenue for a league that certainly could use more revenue. And when you're talking about some of these teams that get in in the play-in round, a lot of times those are smaller market teams that could really use that bump in revenue. So that's another argument in favor of bringing the play-in round back for the NHL. The only way, and I'm starting, I haven't really put pen to paper on this, Craig, but I'll go a little bit further. So NBA gives 10, 10 in the East, 10 in the West, right? You could do that, but I would put the first wild card. So in, in the Western Conference right now, that's Nashville. The team that's the first wild card, they're in. And now you have the bottom three. They go, they go to, in this scenario, it's Dallas. They go to Dallas. Dallas hosts it. It's a weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday. You make Vegas and Vancouver play Friday night. Head-to-head -head on a Friday night, Saturday night on a back-to-back, -back, which punishes that team. Now you got to play twice. They have to play Dallas in Dallas. So it's mm. three teams fighting for one spot mm. in a tournament setting in that home team's building. Does that work? Or because Vegas should get an advantage, should Vegas have to play at home in Vegas so they get the home gate, which gets the revenue. So yeah. Vegas plays Vancouver at home in Vegas on Friday. And they have to play Dallas on Saturday. I like that. I like, I that. like that. That gives revenue to the, the home team, the team that earned it. They get that gate revenue, but they're at a severe disadvantage competitively because back they have to back in travel. travel. Yeah, I like that. The only issue, though, that in the West, but in the East, the Islanders who are in that third wild card spot are significantly behind. I mean, it's 74 points, 77 points to 92 points for Columbus Islanders and Washington going up the list. But I could buy, the, but now it gives is more impetus for Washington that last five games who are three points behind Boston for the first wild card gives them, oh my goodness, we need to get to that. It, it's more of a battle down the stretch going like right now they're 20 points ahead, the HK, like they're in. I mean, they want to win. I don't want to say they don't want to win, but this is like, oh my God, we may have to pull the goalie on game 82 so we can get into that spot above because we don't want to play an extra game. Conversely, now you're looking at Columbus flying to New York for game one on a Friday. Saturday night, now they have to get done, travel and go to Washington. So the Capitals are sitting at home, two or three days rest off a team playing a back-to-back. -back. I don't know if I don't hate that. Yeah. Now you're still accomplishing the same thing. You're missing one game. NBA gets that extra game. So it's one less game, but it does get one more and two more teams in. Let's go one step further. You can incentivize the team sitting in the number eight spot. Say they say they've got like a five point spread over the team that's trying to get into that play in. And we we have our our point spread where you have to be within a certain amount. 
it incentivizes the number eight team to keep playing hard. Maybe they can widen the gap and they don't have to play that play in game. Play that game. Messed up. Yeah. First round. Wow. It's a lot of put it on your list. Did your next? I did it again. What? Can we, can, Craig, you're not in studio with me and Leah, so you don't get this. I have a problem. When I, people don't see this because it's on audio. We are looking at Craig on a TV monitor, probably what, six feet from us, maybe eight feet? Yeah. But it's away from us. So I'm looking at Craig eight feet from me and I can't help but yell at Craig because I think he needs me to yell to hear him. <laughs> I have this There's problem. There's a microphone in your face. And I yell at, you're very quiet. You're very conversational. I yell. I can't stop it. I don't know what it is. If we turn the monitor my, off, I'd be fine. My mom, like when she gets on the phone, her voice goes up so many levels. It's the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's. <sighs> Sorry, Craig, for yelling. Sorry, everybody. I'll, I will try to get better, but it's been a whole <laughs> year. You think I'd figure it out by now. Like I don't need to yell. Hattie listeners, Natty Hattie listeners will know that Petey used to yell at me in studio as well. So <sighs> it's very true. It's the yeller. <laughs> I'm a yeller. Sorry. Well, I didn't mean to break the thought process on the our brilliant idea of realignment yeah, and add playoff it to the realignment. List of things that we need to propose. When are you and Gary getting? Are you guys going to like offsite? Like you going to the Virgin <laughs> Islands? How or? we keep solving problems of the NHL, though. I, I mean, we're really good at this. It, it's I know we've solved. We really are. Put it on your list. Well, the NHL doesn't have a plan as of right now, but the NBA, of course, does, and that is all going on this week. And the NBA playoffs. I mean, next level basketball so you can get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. Instantly, you clinch a win no matter what, and all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right. Roman Yossi. <laughs> Roman Yossi. What a season he's having. What a season Nashville has had. We just talked about them being in that wild card spot. This was a team that we saw being just above the Coyotes in the Central, and now they're in a playoff position. And Roman Yossi is on pace for 98 points, and only five defensemen in NHL history have reached 100 points, and Roman Yossi could do it. All he needs is one hot game. It's it's amazing. So uh, the, those five players, of course, Bobby Orr did it six times. Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey did it five. And then Al McKinnis, Brian Leach, and Dennis Potvin did it once each. Those are incredible players in the NHL's history, clearly. There's, there's a lot of talk about the Norris Trophy right now. And I still think, based on talking to people who actually vote, that Kale McCarr is number one on everybody's list. It's almost like it was preordained that Kale McCarr was going to win it this year. I think Victor Hedman has dropped to number three with Yossi climbing to number two, but I'm I'm kind of surprised that people have sort of made up their minds already. If you look at some of the defensive metrics for Roman Yossi, they're not as impressive as Kale McCarr, 
But look at who Roman Yossi's playing alongside of versus who Kale McCarr is playing alongside of. Kale McCarr gets Devin Taves, who's a terrific defenseman and might end up like among the top 10 vote getters for the Norris Trophy as well. So that's a really strong pairing that's really helping him. Now, they do play in better, you know, tougher situations against tougher opponents than Roman Yossi does. He's not facing the top competition. So that's something to take into account. But if Roman Yossi gets to 100 points, how do we ignore that when we're voting for the Norris Trophy? This does not happen very often, and it hasn't happened in a long time. How do you weigh that when you're voting? Because, like you said, you can't ignore a 100-point season from a defenseman, but what matters more for the Norris Trophy? Is it defensive ability, or is it as an all-around player, you're a defenseman, but how you are all-around as a player? This has been a problem with this award since it's been... Well, in recent times, I won't go back to, you know, even in the in the 70s and 80s, there needs to be two awards. I, I, there needs to be a defensive defenseman and there needs to be offensive defenseman of the year. Call them what you maybe it's the Paul Coffey award. I, I just I don't know. By definition, the player's responsibility is to defend. Yep. It's the title of their position. They need to defend. But yet all that we look at when we're talking about top defensemen in the league is how many points do they have? How many points do they have? Who gives a shit? Can they stop a two-on-one? Do they know how to get a stick in the right lane? Can they box out net front? Can they come out of the corner with the puck in the defensive zone? That's a defenseman. That's the guy I want on my team when we're talking about a good defenseman. It's got to come at some point where they're splitting this award into just give it to whoever, whatever defenseman gets the most points, give them the award. You're the offensive defenseman of the year. You've got points. There you go. Now let's look at the rest of it. What's your plus minus? Who are you playing against? Are you defending the top players every night? That's your best defenseman. Having said all of those things, the problem with this year's vote is Roman Yossi's playing for the Nashville Predators. How much national talk do you hear about the Nashville Predators? First of all, we talk about East Coast bias all the time here. East Coast bias is real, and East Coast players get recognized more often. They're on national television more. Kale McCarr is on the only team in the West getting publicity. People are talking about is the Colorado Avalanche. Calgary's right there, but they don't talk about Calgary. They talk about Colorado. Kale McCarr is getting all of that national attention because of that. Roman Yossi is not. And I I think that's unfortunately the reality of the game. So you think only one guy in the West gets attention? Because I, I mean, I want to I want to point out that Roman Yossi won this award in 2020, so it's not like he gets overlooked. But maybe maybe it's like, okay, well, are you saying maybe we'll give our one candidate in the West a look? But it's it's about the Eastern Conference. Yeah, no, not necessarily. I'm just saying that the attention in the West is clearly not on the Nashville Predators right now. They kind of they're. They get forgotten. They just do. They're in the market that's a little smaller. They made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, for God's sakes. I mean, they're they're a good hockey team. And Roman Yossi is a phenomenal hockey player. Phenomenal. I think um, you can make an argument that he's driving them to the playoffs this year. I mean, 100%. this is not a very good team. So, and, and you talk I, about partners. Do you know who his partner even is? Well, it's been it's a been a rotation of guys. Right now, Dante Fabro. Yeah, it's not who it's not household names. Who not great defensemen. Exactly. I mean, it used to be, you look at the, the, the defense that they used to have. I mean, they, they still have Ekholm, but Ellis is gone. They're not the team, they're not the defending team that they were known for years ago. And you can go back to Weber and and the the, the defenseman they've had in, in Nashville is staggering. Yeah. And this is not the same defending team that they've had years past. So he, he's even carried more of a load to me. So 
I mean, I'm not saying if I had to start a team tomorrow, who do I want? Kale McCarr or Roman Yossi? That's a that's a tough ask. Like, I I don't know which one I would take right now. I'd guess it'd be Kale McCarr because he's younger and he's got a bigger, you know, the ceiling is much higher and he's going to play more years than where Rome, Roman Yossi is at in his career. But I'll take Roman Yossi all day long on my team. I got two more points on this. I don't know if you have something to add, Leah. No, you can go, Craig. So. I'm with you, Petey. We need a, a second award for this defensive defenseman. Um, but l- let me raise a, a problematic scenario for you. Okay, look at this season. If we if we are going to call, say, the offensive defenseman the Bobby Orr Award, sure, maybe you know one of the the three greatest players in NHL history. Let's name it after him. Who wins it this year? It's probably Roman Yossi, right? Right. So who wins the best defensive defenseman? Kale McCarr's yeah. not winning that either. So no. does Kale McCarr get shut out of both awards for yep. defensemen? That's that's a tough one. I mean, like, do you need a third award for all around? All around defensemen. Oh, I don't know. Everybody gets an award. You get a car. You get a car. I don't know. I don't know. It is an interesting argument. It really yeah, is. I don't know what you do there. Like, the if you create the uh, Doug Harvey Award or the Rod Langway Award, it, it still shuts out some really good guys, but it does seem to diminish the importance, like you said, of the damn job description. Their, their primary duty is to defend and yeah, it's been lost in all of this. It's usually the guy with lots of points that wins this award. Very true. Well, I guess we'll see what happens and we'll talk more about the NHL regular season awards when the season wraps up, but wrapping up this episode, few other things to get to Arizona native Matthew Nyes needs to make his decision I think he's supposed to meet with Kyle Dubas today or tomorrow um, to give his decision um, if he's going to sign with the Leafs or go back to college what would you do if you were in his position what would you do coach Petey I don't think he's going to get an opportunity to crack the top nine with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I go back to school. Yeah. I go back to school in a, in a, in a program that's really good and has a chance to compete for another title too. And not only the hundred percent, not agree. another title, but another hundred percent agree. They lost in the semifinals. So you have some unfinished business there. You're at a big 10 school that has all of the facilities, financial things available to him to train. He's got strength and conditioning people, nutrition people. He has got such an infrastructure. Not saying they don't at Toronto. Clearly they do, but he's not playing in Toronto. He might be with the Marlies. And now you're going, gosh, could I have stayed in college? And does it help me mature as a player more? Do I get more practice time? Do I get more time in the gym? Do I get more time to be an elite player at the level that I'm currently playing at? And I think for me, I think that decision almost makes itself when you've become so good at the level that you're playing at, that you're ready for that next challenge, that next level, that next league, then move on. And I don't know if Matthew Nice has reached that right now for me. My advice would be play one more year at the University of Minnesota and then see where things fall out. Maybe he wants to hold out to become a free agent and sign with his hometown Arizona Coyotes alongside fellow Arizona native Austin Matthews. Let's just stir that pot up again. Imagine the greeting party that's going to be waiting for you when you arrive in Toronto. (laughs) Her Twitter is at Leah Merrill. Sorry. Sorry. And and the other side to look at here, too, is there's also a financial commitment. Why do you go to college? Well, you go to college at whatever profession you go to. You go to college to get a job. 
Like you go to college, you, you know, Leah went to journalism school to get a job to make money doing what you went to school for. Matthew Nyes now has an opportunity to make money professionally doing what he went to school for, and that's play hockey. I would not begrudge him at all if he decides to become a professional today, tomorrow, the next day, sign a contract and start getting paid to play hockey. I completely understand that, and I do not begrudge him that at all because it, you got to make a living. So I would understand why he would do that. I would just think it would progress his career farther to stay one more year at the University of Minnesota. I am 100% in agreement with that. I think players should dominate the level that they're at before they move on to the next one. He had a really good season. I think he can get better in college. I think it's better served for him. And I don't think the the opportunity in Toronto right now is optimal for him. I think he should go back to school. And as Josh Doan told us on the show the other day, he thinks that's what Maddie Nyes is going to do. Yep. So we'll see what happens with that today. Speaking of Arizona natives, though, Austin Matthews is has 58 goals as of right now. Did not get on the score sheet against the Buffalo Sabres yesterday. The Leafs have nine games remaining. That's a big ask for him to get 70, but you'll have to imagine he's definitely going to break 60. Yeah, I want 70, but yeah, that's a tough, that's, that's a tall. That's player. tough, unless he has like a hat trick or two. Yep. To make it happen. Yeah, but it, it still goes back to what we talked about on the last show that the most storied franchise, and some may say the Canadians, I don't want to get into that debate, but one of the, we'll say one of the, you know, it's an original six most storied franchises in hockey. Their all time goal scoring leader is now from Arizona. Just it, honestly, that's, if you would have told me that. When, when I first moved to Arizona, I would say you're out of your mind that a kid from Arizona will, will lead the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise history and goals. I would have taken that bet on DraftKings Sportsbook app all day long. Uh, yet, I want to write that headline someday. And yet here we are. And a child from are. Arizona shall lead them. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So if he doesn't make 70, we all want the story. We all want the story. The bigger story for Toronto fans is can you get him out of the first round of the playoffs? That's the bigger story. And I'm not sure he can. Leah's anxiety level just rose a couple notches. No, she's all right. I'm fine. She's fine. <laughs> I love it. I love that he's from Arizona. I love that he's in Toronto. You guys know that I'm from Toronto, but and the Leafs are like my third team, though. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, but. so I, I think I, we'll all be watching it. There's so many milestones. right? We watch every goal a Vetchkin gets. Um yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And I think it's good for the league to have these stars. I think it's good for the league to go, okay, we're tracking these guys, that guys. I think it's fantastic for the league to have Austin Matthews right now. I think he's one of those personalities. I think it's great for the league. I'll be watching to see if he can do it. 70s, uh, I, like, I cannot believe it. This isn't the 80s when scores were 8, 9, 10 to 7. I mean, this the game's changed. So... We'll see. I, I hope he I hope he continues to have success. And I, I hope we're talking about Austin Matthews 10 years from now at the Coyotes making a run at Ovechkin numbers. I hope so. We'll see. Yes, we will see. Oh, Craig's cat is making an appearance, although everyone cannot see. You can't but see it, but just trust us. <laughs> just trust that it, there is a cat on Craig Morgan's and lap. If you've had a cat, do you know how much fun that cat is having right now? How much <laughs> that cat wants to be in Craig's lap right now? The cats do not... Like he's be, been bugging me though. He just okay. keeps coming up and eh. <laughs> probably yeah. want more food. He probably wants more food. <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about all the top, the playoff teams, but 
it wouldn't be a PHNX Coyotes podcast if we didn't talk about the bottom. But, Craig, when are they going to announce the lottery odds? Good question. <laughs> I keep asking and I keep getting no announcement yet. No announcement yet. It's mid-April. At least let us know the odds. I know they don't do the lottery until the first round of the playoffs. Can we at least know the odds? Is there a, some is there some reason we're keeping that a secret at this point? Can we at least let the teams know what their chances are of landing the number maybe one? Maybe they're maybe they're trying to not sway how te- I don't know. Yeah, they should announce that game one, not game seventy-two. It should be game one. Here's what you're playing yeah. for. These are the rules for this season. These are the rules. I, I'm surprised it's dragging out this long. I get that you don't know the date because it's got to it's got to yeah, fit into the fine. playoff schedule and when the game is here and you know when does the East Coast team that the East Coast bias we talked about earlier when do the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Rangers play that's when we'll have the announcement because that's what we always do I get that but to not know what your odds are shouldn't that shouldn't they know that I, yeah. I, I think they, they should probably do. that's what's really annoying they probably do know already okay they're just hiding it. Like, why are they keeping us in the dark? What's the big deal? <sighs> Put well, it on your list again, Craig. Craig will keep asking. Craig will serve the people and keep asking until they finally give up. And I know that when they do announce the odds, it will be because Craig keeps asking and not because they're actually ready. Just kidding. Can we Can we, like, we agree, at, 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 uh, the three of us at the PHNX Coyotes, that when they do come up with the odds and they do come up with a date and a time, that we will help talk people through this oh, 100% yes. whether it's pack therapy but god please not pack therapy please <laughs> We've had no too much pack therapy please, this please no, no. <laughs> please i want to be there on air with a microphone in front of my face when and the a, ball finally and drops a beer in, each in the of right our way hands. oh buddy we'll photoshop buddy. A, a jersey of uh, coyotes onto shane Wright. i am ubering 100 percent to that event because if you think i'm gonna not start drinking the second that that big bingo ball thing starts spinning buddy i am deep into it right there because i the, the stress that's that's it that's the season the pd it's not, side count is gonna oh, be off the map it's not game through 182 it's not it, this entire thing the, the, the dismantling of the roster the playing of the kids everything all of the pain to this point is about that day. it's not even the draft like the draft is almost anticlimactic compared to the lottery. Like the lottery is it. That, that That is the pinnacle. That's the Stanley Cup for Coyote fans right now. And it'll be over like that. It's going to happen Leah, so fast. Leah, which PD do you want to see? Happy drunk PD or angry drunk PD? Happy, obviously. Well, I, I think it'd be more fun to see angry drunk PD. <laughs> But we can see that There's at another Yeah, we date. can just see that next year when the yeah. Coyotes are bad again. How for this that? particular <laughs> event, let's hope for happy drunk Petey, and we can see angry. Well, that, yeah, that's pretty much every other day. <laughs> so that one's not hard to see. Oh, let's hope Lord. for happy drunk Petey at the lottery I ball. Agree. Well, that's a hypothetical event. Well, that will that we will plan on making happen. But there is an actual event that is happening at the end of this month. April 29th, the Coyotes' last game of the season, their last game at Gila River Arena. The PHNX is putting on a party bus to take you to and from that game. You can get your ticket now in the PHNX locker. For $125, this is what you get. A round trip trip, round trip on the party bus, a ticket to Arizona versus Nashville, food and drink. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Food and drink on the Dos Equis deck. Meet and greet with Josh Doan, and he will be on the bus as well. And you'll also get a shirt as part of that meet and greet. 
get a drawing to ride the Zamboni. There's prize giveaways and uh, complimentary Four Peaks beers as well. So oh, oh, that's a smoking that? deal, I would say. You buried the lead for me, Leah. <laughs> the, the free beer. Complimentary Four Peaks beer. I thought it was the Craig Morgan sing-along on the bus. I thought oh, that was the lead. I get Maddie McConnell on, I told you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The bus will be leaving from the Ainsworth in downtown Phoenix. So don't don't drive to Glenda for your last drive. You don't have to do it. Just drive to downtown and the PHNX bus will take you to the game. So can we play trivia on the bus? On we the can way? do we should sing songs. I don't even know. Coyotes what, trivia? Sure. Whatever. Okay. So <laughs> You'll want to be there. We're going to be there. It's going to be a blast. And if you don't want to do that or you already have tickets to the game, we're doing a meetup at the Lola at 630 that same night with Josh Doan. And for $40, you can get a ticket to that. You'll get a, an official Josh Doan shirt, a meet and greet with Josh, photo op and autograph, and we'll be there as well. So lots of fun stuff <clears throat> happening in that last home game of the season. So head over to the PHNX locker to purchase tickets for that. You can also buy merch in the locker, including the new Josh Stone shirt that we just mentioned. And if you're a member, you get weekly deals on merchandise. So become a member today. Go phnx.com so you can read all of Craig's stories and all the incredible stories by all of the very talented writers here at PHNX. Your first year is you get a free shirt when you sign up or if you want to try just month to month, your first month, just 50 cents. So become a member at gophnx.com today. And we hope to see everybody on that bus on April 29th. It's going to be a blast. Any final notes from you guys? This is the, our last podcast, all three of us, till next week. Wow. Leah's leaving. I'm, a, I'm a catching the red eye tonight. Is it snowing there right now? No, but it's like 45 and rainy. It's snowing in Minnesota right now. Just saying. <laughs> yep. Legit. Never again. Never oh. again. <laughs> we will miss you, Leah. I will say that. We'll miss you. Don't forget ketchup chips, arrow, caramel, coffee crisp. All dress chips. All dress. In fact, you got to bring some of this back. Some something that has shelf life. Okay, something that will last, so that we can do a show in the off season on cu- Canadian cuisine. I oh, tell you, don't worry. A, it is a true story that we would get Canadian money when traveling with the team. And the last day of a ten day trip in Canada, I would go to the hotel gift shop and I would spend all of my remaining Canadian money on Canadian candy. And I tell you what, I'd get home and it would go on the shelf and hope it would last till the next trip to Canada. And I have now been two years without Canadian. Canada. I know, me too. I haven't been in two years. So, so. Tim Hortons is going to be my first stop. Tim Bits. Oh. Maybe I'll even bring back, since I'm flying back in the morning, I'll get Tim a fresh Bits. box of Tim Bits and bring them into the office on Tuesday next week. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah, we do need things to sample. We will. Albert, don't worry. I might have to check a bag on the way back. Yeah, check a bag of candy and chips. <laughs> oh, I can't man. wait. That's a show. So we'll have the Canadian taste test show. Yep. Can't Perfect. wait for that. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes and subscribe on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss anything ever. Everyone, I'll be back next week, but Craig and PD will be on the post-game show tomorrow night after the Canucks Coyotes game hosted by Sean. So you'll get to see a bit more of his face as well. Until then, have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.